What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Classic Quest podcast, the show where we break down albums track by track. Albums such as Aesop Rock and Blockheads Garbology. That's right, we're gonna listen to every single song on the Aesop Rock Blockhead Garbology album and give you thoughts and opinions on each of those songs. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. I am your lady friend Bonnie. And this is the Classic Quest podcast. Like I said before, it, it is. is what it is. Right now, we are live. It is what it is. <laughs> we are live on Twitch. <laughs> We're going to go through the project. And if you join us in the future live on Twitch, you're going to be able to listen to the music with us. For the YouTube video, which you may be encountering now, it's kind of, we had to cut it out. The copyright system being what it be. So it's an encouragement to link in description. Go ahead and follow us on the Twitch and join us there. On top of that, um, you can go ahead and leave comments along the way because here's the thing. Aesop Rock, he's a lyricist like that. He has the depth. He has all the meanings. He is able to describe the most simple thing in 47 words, even though he could have said it in six. That's the kind of dude he be. And the thing is, is this album has, in fact, been out since November 12th. And it is currently, as we record this, January 23rd. So a lot of y'all may have had some time to sit on this project and to think about it and to dissect all the different things inside of it. But the reality for us is we've been listening to it for a week. So just pretend for us it's like the first week the album been out. And then y'all coming through with the expert knowledge and y'all can come through and just kind of add your content text and whatever in the comments below and enhance the overall product and the experience of being here on this review with us on that note to get the show started we absolutely like to contextualize our familiarity with the artist because we feel it's fair to you, super fan of Aesop Rock, we've been to watch this long of an album review, to uh, know where we are at coming into this. So on that note, your lady friend Bonnie, why, can you please tell us how familiar you are with Aesop Rock and Blackhead coming into this project? Um, so for Aesop Rock, we've reviewed a few of his albums uh, on this channel before. So uh, I know him from having gone through that and kind of deep dived into like his music before. Um, and one of my friends is like a super fan of Aesop Rock and like has been like probably since like he started. So I've known about him, but hadn't really listened to his music. I mean, if she was like driving around and I was in her car or something, she had it on, whatever. But uh, yeah. And as for Blockhead, I know him from last week's review. That's, that's fire. It. I mean, in last yep. week's review, you knew that Blockhead had worked with other people, but you didn't really know who yes. he was. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. That's right. If y'all want to, we just did Illogic and Blockhead's Capture the Sun project. So that's definitely on the YouTube channel. Y'all can peep that. Um, but in the meantime, myself, I mean, Aesop Rock actually only came onto my radar uh, when the, the infographic came out that said he used more distinct words than everybody else in the world. And it's funny because somebody sent me that yesterday and I'm like, say a word. I'm talking about Aesop Rock tomorrow. So that there actually was kind of what got me curious in the first place. And then I put on like some shit like None Shall Pass and it was like, yo, this is cool. And then I never really got into his music more. It just, life went on. Then we started doing the album reviews, and I started getting more into Rhyme Sayers in general. And, I mean, Aesop Rocks uh, got a really interesting vibe lately. So I think I've consumed pretty, pretty much his whole post-impossible kid career, and I don't know his earlier work. So arguably, I've come in on the more palatable side of things, and the OG obscurities, I, I don't know. I mean, I, at some point, I'll delve into it, but... Trying to break down some of them old lyrics is super high effort. 
And as much as I like doing that, I don't like doing it as much as I did when I was younger. So I kind of appreciate the less layers that come into his newer music. I digress. I still fucked at it. Animal, Spirit Guide, whatever. Y'all apparently fucked with that review because that shit got some numbers on my shit, relatively speaking. And it made me feel encouraged. But it seems like every time I talk about Aesop Rock, y'all show up a little bit more than other people. So it just makes me want to talk about Aesop Rock more. What can I say? Except for that one time there I talked go. about the video game album and people disliked it. It is what it is. Um, what do you think about the title, Garbology and... Um. So I, I just like, I jotted down, down like what was written on Genius and it says Garbology is an album made between longtime collaborators, collaborators, Aesop Rock and Blockhead. The album was created after the death of Aesop's close friend, Kurt Hayashi. And uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic, Aesop claimed this period of time was incredibly uncreative. So he chose to hit up Blockhead for some inspiration. The world got real weird during those months. And I knew at some point I had to get back to making something, make a beat, draw a picture, write, just go. But the idea of making a beat felt like math homework and drawing is just so hard. Writing is hard too, but at some point I had to pick one. So I just thought that that was like an interesting kind of like context setter for like, you know, like this just being like a really like weird and creative uh, album. So, which is interesting, you know, he's talking about like garbology, which is kind of a little bit like, like, you know, he's kind of talking about making something that's like just, just art for art's sake. And, uh, you know, then he's talking about garbology, which just sounds like very like juxtaposition, like kind of trashy trash art. So I thought that that was really interesting. You? But also the ology part, right? Like usually when you have like an ology attached to it, it's like a field of study. So it almost like indicates to me when I hear this, that this is going to be Aesop rock breaking down almost philosophically what garbology means, because you look at it yeah. and you're left with your impressions. I mean, personally, I think trash Parsons and things along those lines where you're kind of talking about the garbage that is society and the times that have been and the way people be. And that's my first thought, because I mean, I don't know, Aesop rock tends to rap a lot about that in terms of his ability to fit in and things like that. Um, yeah. But it's uh, it's really interesting to me that he came with that title. I, I'll be honest. The first time I heard the title, it, like, it didn't elicit like the same desire for me to listen to it the way the Spirit World Animal Guide or whatever that one's called. That just made me want and the colorful album cover. I was just like, yo, this one, I don't know why. It just didn't have the same effect on me. But then we did this and I listened to it and my opinion changed. But the cover is really well designed. So there's no shots at the cover. I really think it's good. It has a whole theming to it. You could translate that into almost like a universe of design choices. Like it just feels so well designed and sanitized, which may just be the point. Everything's so well designed and sanitized that his album cover just feels like that to me which might just be part of the meta conversation of what he's trying to do with this project i don't know i might be overthinking it i've been told that overthink things it is what it is um yeah do you like the cover yeah i do i do like it um it kind of reminded me of like old school like sesame street cartoons or something and then also kind of made me think of like oscar the grouch you know living in a trash can and like you know it being like a trash can on the cover um, but it's also kind of like a, like a city or like a public trash can. So I don't know if it's like out there for people to see. Um, and it also kind of gave me like Robert Munch, like book cover vibes. So either way, like it was something like 
kiddish. Um, so I thought that that was kind of cool. And it's just like, you know, garbage and trash cans and everything all around it and pizza boxes. And like, there's also like music, like there's CDs and like maybe something else there, or like maybe records. Um, so he's just kind of, you know, it's part of it. Um, and then there's like pigeons picking at the garbage. And I like the, the, the writing, that choice with the colorfulness of, you know, across it. Um, and then on like the back of the album cover, um, it like continues, but like the trash can on the back is like mm. knocked over. And then there's like a dead rat with like flies around it. So it has like the same like Say word. bubbly I'll words. I didn't actually look at that. Yeah. So the back says, we found some things in your garbage that that you okay, should know about. actually better. I, I take back some of my earlier shit. This actually completes it, but it does the steamy. Yeah. Yeah, and like I'm not really sure what he's trying to say with that, but I'm assuming that it is like whatever you're throwing away may have some some like more significance than you know, but it also kind of implies that it's maybe something bad with like the dead rat. Like it's an interesting kind of well question. If we want to foreshadow a bit into this album, it's clearly like kind of commenting on the garbage nature of content and consumption and and the way life is, right? So if we think about that, and it's almost like what we're throwing away is a reflection of what we consume, right? So if we look at the garbage, we can almost study the impact of what it's doing to us. So if what we're consuming kills the rat, then imagine what it does to us. And we don't even think about it because the only way it gets the garbage is to go through us. That's deep. All of my shit I said before is gone. This is the new feeling. That's how life works sometimes. Oh, I found it. I mean, sorry, I got distracted, but that's how the the world works sometimes. And y'all should like be willing to adapt your opinion on the fly when encountering cooler information. That's nice. Shout out Garbology. (laughs) On that note, instead of dilly dallying, why don't we get the journey started with the only picture? Bonnie, how do you feel about this one? Um, I really like this one. I thought it was a really, really cool uh, intro. Um, I mean, I'm, I won't read like the quote. You can see it on the screen and you know, you, you heard it. Um, you know, those, those that are listening on Twitch. Um, and it like, it just really like, it, it really just makes sense. Like he just wants to focus on making the art that's in front of him and like, you know, just kind of imagine that it's the only thing that he's ever done or the only thing that anyone's ever done. So like, it's like imagining that you are the one inventing art, inventing music and you're, you are the standard from which to grow from. So do something that's extraordinary and in- inspiring, but also like art for art's sake, as I like previously mentioned. So like, I, I don't know. I thought it was like really cool. Like it's, it's from uh, like an artist. British it's painter a quote from an actual... Lucien Freud. I just jumped it down yeah. here. This thing. Um, it's on the yeah. genius page, y'all. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was like, you know, just really great. And I thought it was really, really cool. Um, so yeah. And I also love like the mixing and like the symbols that are like being drummed and like whatever. It was like really short. Great. Loved it. I gave it a 4.75 on five. Honestly, it's really strong start. Um, it lets you know mm-hmm. right away from a communication point that this is going to be a concept album and there is a point to it. And I really like it because it, it's not, it wasn't clear to me when I first listened to this album, right? But now that I've like really thought critically a little bit about each song, what it means, etc., coming back to this, it's, um, it has a different meaning. 
And I feel like that's a really good intro because without context, it lets your mind wander. But then when you have the context, you're like, no, no, that's actually going in a different direction. And along the way of this project, what I mean is he clearly wants to exemplify art in an experimental direction. He doesn't want to be influenced by people. Like literally one of the lines is like 10,000 hours leads me to blah, blah, blah. I don't remember the exact bar, but it's like now I'm just like, oh, 10,000 hours leads me to guinea pig. And so all he's done is managed to put himself in such an abstractly weird place where because, you know, in a sense, you're trying to push things forward, it kind of creates something that's very different from the world. And so when I think about it with that in mind, it's like, oh, say a word, like the intention here is to try to block off the influences that are, are garbage in a sense and to try to like focus on your own shit and to credit that idea he takes this crazy famous painter i've never heard of i assume because he has a documentary <laughs> about him. crazy famous painter you never heard of yeah i mean he sounds british he sounds like a painter <sighs> that's hella official that's all i'm saying there you go and then if you think about it it's saying it's because like yo artists have different approaches to writing songs as i've encountered there's a lot of different ways to like hit it and some people really like to do that shit. Like Kanye West is like that. He'll like isolate in the world and just focus on himself and what he's doing, block out other shit and, you know, kind of push that. I've never really been like that, but I wonder if there's like value to it, right? Like just kind of ignoring the world, ignoring everything else. Like forget your past catalog, forget competing with yourself. In a sense, it's like, how do you not compete with the world and not compare yourself to the standards that are there? And in a sense, just let yourself be free enough to be the person that is creating art not necessarily for the sake of art as like that but i feel like to create art that's truly yours in a sense because it isn't impacted by all the other shit and it's like there is that recognition that it's unrealistic but in a, it's it's almost like a framework of how to block off external sources to focus on more intrinsic ones and to get deep inside <laughs> of yourself through introspection like let's be real aesop rock's last four albums have been hella introspective and i fucks with that introspection i really dig that in music so it's super interesting to to kind of see that as a tone setter all that from 45 seconds plus blockheads so good with it right like mm -hmm. super smooth ambiance shit and what i like about blockhead as i discovered listening to his two projects back to back is uh how unusual the sounds are they're not like in the same veins of what you would normally expect there's a lot of juxtapositioning that happens with emotional tones of his music versus the words and ideas conveyed so this kind of creates mysterious intrigue and whatnot but as we get on the album you'll start to see that i think a little bit more on that note I like this shit. Um, it's a it's a five as far as forty five second intro tracks go that set the tone for an album and give you re-listenability to it. I, yep. I don't, but like, that's within the context of album listening. Under the context of singles, it's not a five. Under the context of an opener for an album, it's a five. I hope that makes sense to people out there. On yeah. that note, sometimes we have jazz hands. All right, your lady friend Bonnie. Let's say this is the start of the album proper in any kind of meaningful way. What are your thoughts and opinions on jazz hands? Is that well, um, jazz hands. Yeah. Um, so this is just like Aesop spitting like one long verse and it's, you know, it's cool. Like his flow is cool. And like, you know, he uses like, you know, random words and like, it's, I don't know. It's interesting to like go through like, his lyrics i think that he is a good wordsmith um and he's just sort of uh, from what i took away he's just kind of spitting about like what he's been up to and like kind of what's going on and like what he's seeing in the world around him um 
so yeah i mean like the beat was like fine i found it a little bit boring but like it wasn't like the most like hype beat um you know okay all right all right but uh you know like it's all right like um i give this one a four on five like i didn't really like take anything away from this one um it's just his thoughts and like that's cool but like it's not really like something that i would you know personally go and listen to i i appreciate your feelings and they're super everything cool i completely (laughs) absolutely do not sure i agree with you on the coolness of this song yeah that's fine Aesop's a weird writer. What I mean is not that he's a bad writer. I mean that I think there's a real learning curve to figuring out Aesop rocks lyricism. And I think Genius helped me a lot because back in the day I clicked on Genius more. But like, look, love note to the whole fuck show. If we think about what that bar would mean, and I'm not going to do this for everything, but just to give context for how my brain's at with interpreting Aesop things. So this is a love note, as in this whole verse is his open letter. To the whole fuck show that's life postmark mm-hmm. from a lighthouse in the blunt smoke so he's clearly lost in his head doing his thing maybe he's a little smoked up whatever dear motherfuckers i'm teetering if you must know you know then he's kind of putting his frame of mind into it but as you get on with it i really feel like it's just this overall commentary on like life and the state of the world in these COVID times, the way social media and the internet present it, because he is kind of isolated, right? So if we think about it, it's just really what you get exposed to. I mean, you got shit like the way he's he's dabbling with his his niece trying to talk to you, and then you're like, yo, we could build forts while the pigs court civil war. And like that line right there hit me really big, because I mean, like, I don't know about you, but like in America, it looks like there's some people trying to instigate that civil war shit in the cultural climate of divisiveness. And if you look around the global state of news and shit, it's weird. But then in a regular sense, we do all of the, the regular shit, you know, and it's like in the back of our minds. Um, going through the lyrics, it's a lot of other shit, but it really does feel like it's commenting on people's actions and how fake and weird it is. Like, each and every sketch, another bloodletting in a wake of escalation and excessive rubbernecking. So everything gets painted into the world and another thing happens to add whatever, because, you know, this is right after how he could draw a roof from fire from memory, because we've seen the same thing so many times that you can almost write the news article without hearing the details. And all we do is rubberneck. We just watch the shit. We just make it happen like that. And it's just a lot of that shit. And then I feel like he inserts himself into the conversation by the end of the song. Like when he's like, I could split an arrow with an arrow. The first trick shot is to show them that I dabble. He's like, fuck you. The apple isn't my target. I'm hitting that arrow. I'm that good. I'm that astute. Fuck all of y'all. I'm the shit. I'm the real deal. Y'all be fucking weird. And that's the overall tone I have. It's like he's mad and he's just frustrated with the overall side of things. But what really blew my mind isn't the lyricism. I know a lot of y'all might be focusing on that. For me, it was the flow. I was, yo, his syllable placement on this project, there's like subtleties to like the decimals of the math that are being there. I don't know how to describe it, but people be mad even on their flow. They be like rhyming on one, two, three. Aesop's rhyming on like 0.678. Like, he's going to the specifics and finding the exact algorithm that allows his flow to be weird and to stretch a line like that and to add the perfect number of pauses. And, like, it creates this entirely alive conversational flow where within the scope of one verse, he's almost able to adopt multiple characters and ideas. And I really love this shit. 
I think it's really like superb flow writing, not even like the words. And I think, I think it's really amazing. Like he's really, truly, really good at his craft and writing over this like airy beat from Blackhead where you have these serious themes and topics kind of being mixed with this almost spacey adventurous beat. It's just like, it's weird. It's like the, there's a bit of cognitive dissonance, but then you think about it. That's what life is. Everything in life right now is cognitive dissonance. Oh, is there feedback on the audio? Oh, you know what it is? It's Bonnie's shit somehow playing. Is your shit playing through speakers, Bonnie? No. I don't know why. I think it's on your side. Hold on. Because um, I don't know where else it would be. It's like the... Do you have like the Twitch? I'll turn down the volume. Test. Test. Yeah, it's less. I feel like it's less now. Anyway not but yeah there's like we can't really i don't know why it was like that is it staticky no it's like an echo like a delay like something's being picked up by your microphone um anyway okay now now it's back i don't understand we can we'll figure this out in the future i'm so sorry world out there watching this um anyway all that to say i think this sounds um yeah it's only on me so it's like something's echoing somewhere and i don't know where um but like all that to say i think this sounds pretty fucking fire um I think the way he approaches it is great and it kind of creates this commentary because he focuses very top level and I want to just point that because the next song is not top level to me and I think the way he structures this is really interesting to create a bigger narrative and that's why I really like really like it as a strong opening is it like a everyday all the day song nah but it's like an even 475 or something high like 4.75 it's like it's pretty good oh wow it's all like right. man this is like an art piece in a song I get it. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to go play the next song and see if there's anything I can figure out that would be creating this fucking delay. The next song is Wolf Piss. So, yeah, I just want to say before we get into it, Blackhead is one of those dudes that really makes outros good. A lot of people, in my opinion, really waste the outro part of a beat. They just loop shit. They don't really do anything with it. Blockhead is honestly more like, nah, I'm going to shine here, motherfucker. It's my turn. And then he makes it worth listening to the very last second, and I highly appreciate that. But yeah, well, how do you feel about this song? Um, so I mean, I you know the first thing I noticed was that I like the beat on this one, so I'm right up there with you. I think it's really cool, um, and like the way he's like kind of like talking about like certain things, it does kind of sound a little bit like Red Riding Hoodie. Um, am I saying that right? Red Riding Hoodie. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> but like not in like a traditional sense. Like if that makes any sense, like. It's just like, I don't know. It's very like out there. Um, it's like a very funky flow. And I really like the way that he spits and like hangs on to certain words. Just like, you know, you had already mentioned that last song. Um, like in his wordplay is like super impressive. I think it's really cool. Um, it's kind of weird, but like interesting and good. And so I like that. So I thought that this song was like kind of fun. Um, I liked, you know, both you know, parties on this one. They were, you know, good job. <laughs> and uh, so it's a 4.35 on five for, for me. All right, y'all. This is my interpretations. Because it's Aesop Rock, it. I might be wrong. Because fuck if I know. Um, I actually wrote a couple notes. I tried to write more notes as if I got to Wolf Piss. I, I failed after like three songs. But this one, I wrote some notes. So it's like, this feels like evolution of the psyche of the individual that was captured in the essence of the last song. So in the essence, we get like the top level societal situation. 
And then it feels like this is a bit more of a drill down to like the individual level and the psyche of the isolation and social media warrior in the middle of the night ranting, raging and whatever, whatever, which I think is a lot of people in a lot of situations. Like, can you see kind of clues it out like Discord with no sick days? That's an interesting buy, right? You're constantly connected mm -hmm. online and shit. Believe me, Discord's a weird flex. It's no sick days on Discord. <laughs> I like it, it's like just to even see Aesop. Is he on Twitch? I don't think I don't know. I couldn't find him on TikTok, but uh, Discord, the, like the idea of it and the practice and the way that the world is shifting, it gives you this like imagery of work from home, of remote shit, of all these different things coming in, and then it's like, I don't know. I've been shoo shooed. I've been boo hish chewed up. He's too much. As much as that I feel like it's about himself, if you kind of take a step back, this does sound like a lot of people on the internet. And I feel like he's managed to write both a testimonial that applies to himself, but works as a double entendre, as a criticism for an entire way of being. So it's almost like he's putting his entire self-experience into the uh, mindset of somebody who might be projecting a certain attitude while criticizing it and then you're reading this and i'm like shit while wow, the shoe fits me the shoe fits so many people you know like um i it's, i don't want to go through like every bar i didn't write down a bunch of motherfucking bars to give you as example it was just kind of i'm yeah. left with this like sense of this shit and anytime i would like focus in on a bar it felt like you know that like i'm all red cape and my real name around senseis from that steel cage with 10 ways to steal paint field notes and my whetstone and my steel toes and my pet crow like it's just all this flexing shit about how he's coming through and he's got that authenticity there i think that was a terrible example so you're left with this like confusion <laughs> and shit but i feel like that i feel like what i said before is really what i meant and i can't really give you specific lyrics i just really like the way he does it and sorry if that was a corny example in general i just yeah I go off, it ain't no thing. I make no comment, no job. Be on cold-blooded coyote king. Hone him. I'm on smoke rings. Like, as much as it feels like it could be authentic, I also can interpret this as, like, somebody just fucking, you know, middle of the night, fucking raging at motherfuckers on the internet, smoking mad blunts because they're up too late and they are by themselves and they're caught up in this isolationist world. I guess that's more of the example I was trying to make a little bit earlier, but picked the wrong bar. So, like, that's what I'm picturing. So, it kind of works two ways. He does use a lot of, like imagery like especially like with animals like it's kind of cool like the way he like visualizes things yeah and i truly enjoy the flow too it feels very swinging like it's like swinging you along the way it's like do 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 and it almost has like a bop to the flow and i really enjoy yep. it it feels modern in a sense like it's like yo he's willing to adapt and i think it's really cool because he goes from like this super tricky complex flow into this more constant flow and I think that might even be a commentary on the constant nature of this lifetime. I think maybe there's a correlation between the erratic flow for the erratic situation, the more constant flow to represent a bit of a monotony in the way things come off. Like, it's really cool to me as I think mm, about it from different cool. layers. And then the way the beat ends is fire. The overall flux of it, the chorus is nice, or the hook, I should say. It's just like, it just kind of is where I got the nighttime shit from and where I believe he's in the middle of the night doing this shit. Because, like, this just feels like people fucked up on social media being fucked up on social media not necessarily on drugs or anything but just that yo like seriously i do dumb, like i don't like being awake at two in the morning no more i'm not thinking right <laughs> i do some dumb shit at two in the morning i'm not like i'm i'm liable to agree and, and if you stay up and like and stay up until like two in the morning and then you wake up early you do some sh dumb shit in the morning too thanks i love you <laughs> um anyway all that to say, I really do appreciate this track a lot. Um, 
thanks man i appreciate you sage um i really appreciate that uh you distracted me with that but that's how i see the song um i do think that it, it does have the hindsight of like this is like weird because i got your my initial thoughts are when i'm listening to this song and now i'm talking to you having heard the whole album so not that i hadn't heard the whole album but like when we do the review part you focus on a song and you don't often think about it in the context of the album till later on but yeah Zamanel is correct. Aesop Rock really is on that ring-a-ding parkour shit, and he's one of the few people that sells that ring-a-ding parkour shit. It is what it is. Um, this shit's a 4.5 on 5. I like the other one better. Yeah. Conceptually, it moves the project along, and I believe it really does set the theme. These, this opening little act one, it's like panning over the city and getting the little mindscape as to what's going on inside Aesop Rock's head here. Really well done, and I'm really impressed. There's like a lot to learn as an artist on this album so far. Um... I don't know if you have any other thoughts or we could move on to Ledger Main. Okay, bet. Ledger Domain? Ledger Domain, bet, whatever. I just wanted to say okay, bet. Um, sure. But Joe, uh, what do you think about Ledger Domain? So I had to look up what Ledger Domain meant and it was a classic piece of trickery is kind of like what it means. So... Um, which I thought was interesting just to try and understand what he's trying to say here, because Lord knows I don't necessarily. Uh, he kind of talks about a lot of random things. Um, so, but for me, I think this one is about uh, the police over policing and those that are rising up against them. That's kind of what I took away from it. Um, and also like, I noticed that like the last like couple of songs have kind of touched on like in some of the bars, uh, Inuit culture. So, I, you know, at this point I was like wondering if he had gone up North somewhere or if he was just like, you know, interested in like Inuit culture, um, you know, which we will find out a little bit more later on. Um, so yeah, I mean, I thought that this one was interesting. I thought like the beat and the mixing and what Blockhead did was cool. I liked it. Um, but so for the lyrics, like they were, they, it sounded cool. I have no idea what the fuck he was really saying mm -hmm. though, like with his words. Um, but it still sounded all right. So I give this one a 4.2 on five. I, this one took a Let's second, but I'm not going to lie. Genius guided me there. And then I saw what he was doing with it, in my opinion. But, but it, like, that's also kind of the problem. Like if you have no, if you have to rely on like genius to understand every single line, it's kind of like well it, it, it takes I, more effort some, to listen to this album but you know like I mean? to be fair we're talking about the guy with the most distinct words used in hip-hop like yeah, this is high effort point, it's a little bit confounded and the, uh, the art the other side to that though it's still cool is we can debate it and we can discuss it and we have reasons to go back and it creates it but when you actually dig through with aesop rock what i like against most of the ring-a-ding parkour wannabes is that like Here's how I figured out listening to this shit. Aesop Rock may just be the Hunter S. Thompson of hip-hop in terms of how he writes. It's like these super large, abstract, superfluous descriptions of very basic shit that makes himself the center of everything. He's an isolationist, counterculture person that doesn't fit in weird. Yeah. Like there are, And then he, for a minute, he was involved in drug culture. Like, I mean, he's really just that. And if you think about it from that perspective... You have to really sit there and think about, like, yeah, he's super gonzo. Like, his whole Spirit World album was, like, him doing, like, peyote and shit or whatever and fucking connecting with the Spirit World and shit. Um, and so I feel like when you dig in, you're rewarded, though. 
unlike a lot of people where it's just like, wow, you made a pun. Nah, like chicken noodle thermos, Parker marching out the sur army surplus over thermos, over thermos, over thermos. Look, that doesn't mean anything until you realize he's talking about skateboarding in sub-zero temperatures back being a young person. And then you reframe that. Oh shit, he's walking out with his supper in the thermos and he's wearing the parka and he's getting all layered up and he's fucking running through and he drops these little skater cues. And I don't really know what they are, but like when you get back to it, you're like, okay, say a word. That's what he's going on. Like, um, like he makes references like being on boards and shit like that. And the biggest cue to me about the skateboarding thing, it, there's one that's like out to flirt with hypothermia at CCTV's blurriest insurgents in your area. Um, and like just that, right? Like think about it. CCTV is like the cable cameras that pick up your shit. If you're a skateboarder, you're like, Psh! and you're an insurgency because usually you're then caught up in tomfoolery and a little bit of counterculture norms and shit like that. Or tell the story, spread the lore. It's epic to a people who would rather push than teleport. So pushing would be like a way to describe skateboarding, right? Because you're pushing off the ground and shit. So it's really just like deep slang and storytelling and like lore. But when you really dig into it, like it actually just ends up making sense and that's what i really really like it or double black yeah, diamond right like that's like a skill difficulty like in terms of trick like kind of shits like mm -hmm. skiing and shit you know uh and so you just kind of get into the whole thing of it and just the idea of two pairs of reindeer like he's just kind of painting these things and then uh my favorite part is like the the, the mall cop i think tells him to get a job at one point i don't know if that's this song or if that's a different one but i might be wrong either way i really enjoyed this one um i think that was a different track actually but still then you got the chorus where it's like yo back in the daytimes when it's mad simple like yo i found something in the woods i want to show you it's just gonna be so fucked up it's gonna change how you see the world how you float around the o2 you know like that's to me like the world i don't know if that's something else oxygen whatever that's how i took it you was like okay bet you like drove 20 minutes you look for 30 seconds can i you saw some crazy shit you had an experience you went home different and I feel like that's what life used to be like, in a sense. That's what he comes from, like. And I think that's what it is. This is him, like, really looking back in time and trying to, like... Because, like, the rest of the first two songs set up this context of, like, the world being uh, kind of weird. And then he's trying to fit into it now. So we've really shifted the focus to himself. And he's kind of going back in time to his younger counterculture skateboard days and, and all that other shit. Oh, yeah, today a mall cop told me I should get a life. It is this song. And then you think about that, like, when does that happen? When you're like a young skater kid shit, and then it's ironic because he's Aesop Rock and that happened to him and shit. Anyway, and then like the little 97 thing is according to Genius, a reference to some skate video featuring this Pepe Martinez guy in Timberlands. And so it's like these little references and shit to his past and things that were culturally significant to him. And I think that's brilliantly done because it's not obvious at all what he's talking about, but it's interesting to listen to and it paints these images that other people don't and i really love his use of shit like over thermals over thermals over thermals like i started playing with that more and i really like that shit a lot right now yeah i just think it's like a 4.5 to 5 depending on my mood it's shifted <laughs> all right it's a really cool song um anyway i don't know if i'm gonna talk that much about all of them but yo it's okay bet it's one of my favorite plus the flows are ridiculous oh my god i didn't even talk about how dope the third beat transition is when he just drops everything and he's just dropping all the shit and you're like what fucking genre of music are we in right now and it's just completely out there and it's completely wild and it's so interesting to listen to and then it just ends yeah. with the kind of smooth jazz like fucking kenny g type shit at the end and i'm like what is this song but i love it
It's really cool. And the rapping and dope shit, I like it. I'm a sucker for this guy. Aesop Rock does some interesting shit. Am I staticky? For Bonnie, I'm staticky. I'm going to fix that real quick. But I'm not trying to be difficult, everyone. I, I definitely understand what he's talking about with this difficult thing. Bonnie would argue I'm very <laughs> difficult. And I'm like too mm -hmm. stubborn, but it's funny, yo. I'm real easy. She bugging. That's what it is. She's like, nope. That's yeah. not what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, um, sure, sure. So, how do you feel about this song? Um. So, like, I I wanted to like just first mention that I feel like there was like a few of these like like parts of like beats that like um Blockhead was using, and I was just wondering if anybody like knew if they were like previously used beats that he used or like is taken from somewhere or from like another album like it just kind of sounds like I've heard a lot of these like beats or beat samples before but um like how you kind of thought like you'd heard like the Kenny G thing before so I was just wondering if it's if it's reused or if I'm just like I don't know but um yeah so he thinks he's easy to get but people keep telling him he's difficult um which i would agree with um i mean i get like some of the things that he's saying like you know and he just sounds like you know okay whatever like a normal guy but then like sometimes you're, you're like he's just like so out there and i'm like i have no idea what you're saying um but anyways i i do love some of his lines like he says like ace loves all animals and plant life songbirds eat from his hand you goddamn right so i think that that's kind of cool and like i do know that like you know it is pretty you know relatively easy to get like a chickadee eating from like your hand um so i mean that's kind of what i was assuming that he was doing and i think it's cool you know he does you know promote like loving animals and plants so that's kind of cool it's not necessarily something you usually hear about in hip-hop music um i want to argue you're hearing it a lot more actually over the last more now years. more now like, a lot like, of these dudes is like pro nature pro like health all this other shit yeah yeah, yeah. i mean more now like i just feel like but i mean almost, anyways whatever i'd that's argue yes the classic albums of the 90s ain't like fucking promoting save the world but like also too like a lot of them were like vegetarian and against meat so they did talk about certain things but anyways um and you know he does talk about his cat named kirby and i do appreciate that like kirby is a girl um you know because i've got a, a girl cat you know named gus so um and he talks about like uh influencers and like how like he doesn't really like them and they just kind of get on his nerves so he's just kind of like criticizing like that we give like these kind of you know people like fame and like they use it just to like kind of sell us stuff and like i think that he you know he has like concerns about that i guess um so for me like this one was another one that was like it was all right you know so i gave it a 4.2 on five i enjoyed this one a lot um I, yeah I, well yeah i mean the the flow of it is ridiculous like just on a musical front blackhead does his thing i feel like he raps it really clean that chorus just mm -hmm. gets like fucking stuck in your head like folks say i'm difficult i'm too stubborn and there's just ways like i'm real easy like it's just nice yeah like it's a cool flow but then there was absolutely like uh, yeah he lived in a barn for a year that is facts he did do that he went to like isolate yes. that's what impossible kid times i believe um 
And then like, I just feel like this is a song where if we think about the last track, right? Because again, all of this is content concept. If you're not tying it into the bigger picture, I feel like the songs lose their brilliance a little bit. Um, and you don't have to, but this is an album review. So albums is the collection of songs, not the individual ones. Um, and like this song is kind of like jumping from the past where he used to be. And now he's kind of taken that young man character that he described back in the day. And he's kind of moved it over to the version of who he is today. So like thematically track one introduction to what the theme is. Then we get the top level view of society, the micro view of society. We get the fucking me in the past me in the future and it's creating almost like this movie-esque journey of his psyche that we're exploring with him which i think is just truthfully really good top level concept album so this is why like when people be like nobody makes concept albums anymore i'm like y'all are wilding like y'all don't listen to music that's what i hear when you say words to me like that like y'all don't listen to music Truth. that's the facts of a situation because all i find is concept albums every time i look for them within a month of being released kind <laughs> of like everywhere so motherfuckers just don't support this shit or they don't care that it exists um anyway i don't really have a lot to comment on the generalness of his his bars because really what he's saying is i like this shit i'm very particular i'm very clear about what i like and this is what it is but he also has this kind of attitude in the last verse where you can kind of see him being a little bit self-aware of shit where it kind of has okay boomer vibes to be honest with you but genuinely like i can do some shit y'all be kind of funny so like when you look at that third verse when the influencers offer advice is a joke because like why the fuck does like Aesop Rock need that shit? He comes from a world where you can go do a one two thing, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I wonder how Aesop Rock would do if he was just starting out in the music industry today, to be honest with you. I would love to see that shit. I would I would. I don't know. A lot of these guys that are super established have an attitude and a lot of people think that a lot of these old guys could just come in at zero and kill it. And I would love to see that experiment. I would love to. Just new name everything no branding just drop it and see what fucking happens can your shit go without the reputation but still yeah um other than that i really like it because he does come in his whole vibe of his confidence of who he is and it's almost like within this fragile broken fake ass world he has these grounded real things that keep him focused and then because he's not willing to adapt to this new world is what it feels like. It's like people say he's difficult. He's too rigid. He's like, nah, I have my clearly defined things I'm cool with. And y'all are the one tripping because you're not really listening to me. It's more what I think he's communicating in this, which is fair. Um, my favorite bar, got a cat named Kirby. She can rap good too. And that makes that's, right. that's funny to me. Um, I don't know if I've listened to Prince Paul among thieves, to be honest. I might have. Um, but like... What I think is funny is because I think he's kind of like goofing on the idea of how everybody an influencer rapper trying to do some shit now. Like, let's be real. It's never been easier to become a TikTok rapper. Just Google Budman. Go look up Budman. And this is no hate. I am entertained by Budman. But like, arguably, the threshold of how you can pop off on TikTok has changed a lot. So influencers giving advice is wild because there is a degree of substance to real life that I think a lot of people are missing and that's the interesting part um anyway i still i still enjoy this song a lot um i think it's really fun i think it's like a 4.5 to 5 range it's just like this vibe to run through and you get a lot of imagery into how he is but also like this whole acknowledgement of how old he is and he's not afraid of his age and that's one of the things i respect the most about aesop rock is he makes grown man 40 year old plus music and he's not afraid to do it and that's wild shit um on that note Let's move on to one of, honestly, conceptually, one of my favorite songs, All the Smartest People.
All right, and then there's silence. That's an interesting point. It's not like we just went quiet. The last six seconds of that song are actually just silence, which is just like a brilliant choice. And I don't know that people may have noticed that because you might not have thought about it cognizantly, but it really fits into it. It's like he just says a lot of shit and the chaos of the world and then just silence. You have to think about it because he's no longer on the radar. And then it moves into the next song. I don't know how significant that is, y'all. Yeah, but cool. if you don't notice it, now you might. How do you feel about this brilliant track, All the Smartest People? Um, so like this one, like, I feel like he's talking about that he's like cursed in some way, like, you know, like almost like, you know, that he's too smart for his own good, like, you know, that kind of sense. And like the, the beat is giving me like very like Aladdin, Arabian Nights kind of vibes. Like, so it just kind of like puts me into like that kind of setting. Um, and I think that that's kind of cool. Like, I feel like Blockhead is very like inspired by like that neck of the woods, like Arabia and like India and like all of like that kind of stuff. Like he's like really like into like that, like those instruments and sounds and things like that. Uh, so I think that's cool. Um, and I feel like this one is kind of weird. Like, I'm not really sure, but it ends with like, he's no longer on the radar. And like, you know, like, like you mentioned that silencing, which is really cool. Like I didn't pick up on that. Um, so I think that he's like implying that he's like different from the rest. He's a little bit weird and a little bit smart and almost like, you know, that weird equals smart or smart equals weird a little bit. Like, you know, he's kind of out there and it definitely feels like very like experimental and like, you know, he, he is, you know, like, you know, like I mentioned, like at the very beginning, like it is just sort of a chance for him to be like ultra creative. And I think that like this definitely reflects that. So um, although like, you know, it is very creative and I think it's really cool. It's not necessarily something that I would like go to often. Um, so I gave it a 4.1 on five. I'm, I'm understanding your feelings because... I'm difficult <laughs> and stuff. I'm going to be like that. I'm going to be like, nah, you completely not. No Iggy Azalea. I'll tell you that much. <sighs> All the dislikes just hit that video. Um, <laughs> yo, honestly, I had this thought and I wondered how much Aesop Rock likes his fans because I've interacted with many of like the Rhyme Sayers crowd on the internet. And I wonder, it, it just makes me wonder how much Aesop Rock likes his fans. At like a personal level i'm sure he appreciates them but holy shit i don't think he'd want to hang out with a lot of his fans from what i've seen and based on what i've listened to in his music over the last few years so i just i had that like realization was into his album like he must have a really hard time with people um and that's a big part of his music and i really appreciate that because people a lot of us have a really hard time with people but this song to me was super brilliant first of all the beats cool it's got this weird out there interlude vibe i don't know how else to put it and i feel like its track is an interlude the last six fire whatever yeah. tracks have kind of like i've described them already they, they played their role and given that aesop rock is presenting himself as a motherfucker who knows it all as he has done at this point let's be real on every track there's an undertone that his way is the right way big ups i respect that that's how we do hashtag philosophy gang um but like when you get to this track, it's like this self-aware acknowledgement that nobody literally knows anything because it's just like, yo, you got the beginning part where it's like you get really smart and you get really paranoid and everything gets kind of fucked up and you start learning all this shit. Um, also, this is one thing about genius for those who are seeing this. This is not look, I am cursed. It's look, I never cursed or whatever. It's like 
they quoted the line wrong and it changes the fucking meaning but it's no it's look i never cursed or anything like that or look i ain't even curse i think that's what he says look i ain't even curse and that was interesting because he was saying all this shit and they had this Mm -hmm. little interaction and shit and and that's really like important people can't take genius as the fucking bible ironically this one doesn't have verified by him on it whereas other ones do have verified by him on it throwing it out there um so just stuff to watch for on the internet people Anyway, then he kind of moves down and it's like, yo, the old man sees all the angriest eyes in the world. And like, how do you, my favorite line, it's not even a thing that scientists know how to measure. Because you know you've talked to that person. And then you know you've talked to the Grams who's like, bitch, I don't need science. I've seen things in life. And then everybody realizing that nobody's yep. communicating in the same language. And then all the smartest people that I know seem to teeter in a paranoid state. Bro, come on. You know, all I talk to is artists that try to consume knowledge that everybody's paranoid and hates everyone and everybody low-keys everything about everyone. It's fucking weird. The whole smart people world is fucking weird in my experience. And yes, I do believe I am a smart person. So, y'all, every time you attract smart people, it gets wildly ego weird. So it's like everybody thinks they know everything and that kind of shit. And so this song really hit for me because I've been trying to humble myself out as a person and accept that I don't know everything, which... Y'all might be surprised to hear, but and I love the A B Z <laughs> shit, like and shit. Like I love all of that because it's just so cool. Because it's like people can't even agree on a destination, or with like the the thing. Like personally, I'm trying to hit that Z, while some people are like, Nah, B, I'm at Z, but in my mind they're still at A and shit. And then you're like, What are we even talking about? <laughs> you know? And then it's like people cut through graveyards just to cut through graveyards to get to another graveyards. And it's like we all take these shortcuts and shit just to get to this place in life, which is just fucking death. That's the point of all of this. Yep. That's some like mic drop ass bullshit for me. Then it ends abruptly. And it's two minutes. Comes in, packs a little punch, does what it has to do. Beautiful little, beautiful little song. Five on five, absolutely, no question in my mind. Oh fudge, nice. that's next. All right, Bonnie, how do you feel about oh fudge? Before we get there, I want y'all to know something. I'm sitting there last night doing my thing. We're both reviewing the album. I get this message, <laughs> and it's about this song. Hold in, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about here. And then I had to come over and we had to talk about the lyrics and shit. Because, yeah, how do you feel about this one? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I do really like the beat. I think it's cool. Um, But this is, like you said, this is definitely where I kind of, like, lost it. Like, I was like, I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about. And it sounds like he's just being complicated to be complicated and a little bit difficult, might I say. Um, So, like, that's kind of what I took away. Like, I feel like he's talking a little bit about death and, like, that kind of feeling. And I feel like it is kind of a continuation of, like, the previous song. But I'm not really sure much else. So it's probably good but i'm not really sure so i give it a 3.8 on five yeah i mean genius says aesop rock says this is about turning into a blob monster in your apartment from being on lockdown so long i read that it kind of influenced me i don't know if that's what it's about but apparently that's but see, like sometimes says. like i purposely don't read the things that are on genius because Agreed. i want to like learn and take things away from it myself you know but in this case it happened and i couldn't not see it because it just yeah, hit yeah that's fine um but then i really love just the beginning of this shit yeah stirring up the pot add a couple herbs herbs from the swamp conjure up a curse turn a person to a frog those are those are witch bars yo 
Like, that's some witchery. That's some spellcraft and magic shit. And it's really abstract, right? And then courtesy to Blob with the shirt full of snot plus mildew. And then it's almost like that magic shit kind of creates this, like, sense of this isolation and shit where I believe it's just this character of us sitting there being lazy fucks in COVID time. Why? I can't not picture it. Pretty much a ball of sticky stuff and soft tissue. Hemoglobin, that's blood. Cat hair, that's Kirby. Peanut butter, let's be real. We all got the butter. Uh, Coffee. Yo, this guy's describing a life, my guy, in, in isolation. What else is there except these things, you know? Um, and then we just keep running in and it's like, whatever. He just kind of describes more of this aesthetic thing as he goes, I don't want to go through all of them. And then you just kind of get this like weird abstract shit where it's like, yeah, in the context of normal, whatever, it's, it's whatever. But when you're sitting there thinking about what it feels like to have lived the last two years of our lives, especially if you're in a place like mine where they literally like curfews, yo, curfews for all y'all out there he does talk about curfews on this album a couple of times too we got curfews real deal curfews that's all i'm saying i slosh when i move mop not a broom my body ate my shoes it feels like you're just kind of like yo lazy lethargic turning into blob it's like you're less of a person and then just ending it fever and a cold teeth and many rows i'll eat a whole goat and i thought that was super interesting because if we think about that particular line and compare it like inherently to this song it feels like this like person living on the outskirts of society that's just kind of embracing the beast in him and wants to eat the whole goat but then if we think about the social justice warrior on the internet that we've been describing that's a result of this it's the attitude that drives somebody to go on the internet and write long ass essays and fight the whole world because i'll eat any goat i'm a social warrior and i was like that's some meta shit yo asap rock you crushing and then yeah second verse kind of keeps it going i feel there wasn't like a whole lot in my opinion that like I wanted to comment on it just kind of kept the song moving and i really 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 enjoyed it and i like the chorus and um i like that too lance and soak up all it goat has to offer that's an interesting perspective too i didn't think of that but i like it stills um so yeah i'm left with like a 4.5 on this one i think it's a really cool song and i think another thing to point out is you really do have to listen to this shit multiple times, I think. This isn't like a one-listen Charlie. And if you do that one-listen Charlie shit, you're going to be like, this is weird. And you're right. That's the point of it. It's supposed to be that. So <laughs> you got to go back and understand it better. Like, that's the point of his music, which is probably why people actually like Aesop Rock reviews, whereas they don't like 90% of artist reviews because there really isn't anything to talk about with most people's music at that level of depth to create that long of a review. Because I've been thinking long and hard about why my Aesop yeah, Rock enough. reviews do better than anything else, you know, it's weird. But like to, to like that point, like I feel like I'm like, he's saying a lot, but like not saying anything at all at the same time, like mm. for me, for me, like. And I appreciate but, that, but we're still able to like, discuss it and like there's all these layers to it like like shrek and the onions and shit like that's what shrek yeah. taught me um there's definitely idea in aesop but that makes a lot of sense because there was homies and shit i mean i assume there was homies they was around back then when they was together i digress this one's dope but we still have like half an album to get through so let's talk about how there's more cycles like us talking about songs to do how do you feel about this one bonnie um, <laughs> I mean, I don't really have too much to say about this. Word. Um, like for the most part, I wasn't really sure what he was talking about. Um, like there is like some continu- continuity about like death. So I think he is kind of 
like maybe like reflecting on his friend that passed away and you know like that kind of like sentiment is kind of carried throughout but um like and maybe like you know he he didn't leave a letter behind like he didn't like you know maybe he didn't leave a note behind or like I don't think he died from like a suicide I think it was a COVID thing like he, like he actually died from COVID um but like I, I wasn't really sure what it was about so that's it um I didn't find the beat super exciting what? or energetic uh either originally on this one um like I find it kind of lackluster and it was like a four minute you know eight second song so it was kind of long and it was just kind of boring uh and I mean a little bit somber and like I kind of got like some some of it but like it's not one that I would ever go back to so I gave this one a 3.5 on five Mm, understandable this is the first song that was like bro I'm not really gonna try hard to understand what the fuck he's talking about I got again this like in sense of what i feel the song is about based off of like hearing him rap at me and energies and shit um this is a vigilante hero anthem i don't know how else to put it it's like we've gotten to the part of the project where on the last track what was it oh fudge it's like you know it's like back to that society shit he's trying to like fit in and be himself blah 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 now it's like he's kind of strengthening up i find like he's moved along this in this journey of, of trying to figure shit out and he's kind of not nah, this is more who i am and i feel like he's starting to kind of embrace himself more on this track so it has this more aggressive braggadocious approach and we see that energy stay for the next few songs like it doesn't leave i'm pretty sure yeah. the next one's with homeboy sandman or whatever and that one has like the same kind of feel to it and it's more like now we in some mm. anthemic kind of shit and like we see lines of that where like when every tree up in your eden reek of dog piss you don't need a reason to knievel any drawbridge so it's like yo when your version of paradise be hella fucked up because it doesn't like work out the way you want and you've gone through the gutter shit it's like yo i'll fucking take on anything like knievel is the daredevil shit so knieveling a drawbridge is like trick shotting it's that ring a ding parkour shit and he's proven he can do that and then all in all i'm all things lawless called a poem midnight marauder no off switch only ever slow as roll to a free adult and i'm like yo this is some hunter s thompson ass shit right here like i just read the oral biography of hunter s thompson and then i started reading some of his letters this dude is just doing some Hunter S. Thompson shit. And if you look at his, like, lyrics from the frame of Hunter S. Thompson lensing, I feel like it's easier to to translate it. Yeah, your lady friend Bonnie makes the show, yo. Honestly, low-key, the Classic Quest was doing trash the first couple of episodes. Holden and Chris was trying to do their things. And then Bonnie came in, and we just got numbers from that day on. And some of our best episodes feature Bonnie. And there you go. some of the most commented on shit we have to this day is from Bonnie's efforts in, like, 2018. So y'all got to hit up Bonnie at your lady friend Bonnie on Instagram and tell her she has to start her own show and pressure her. Because, yo, I be doing it every day. Y'all got to join me on the quest. Um, Peer pressure. Um, anyway, <laughs> then you got, like, this, this like, chorus. So I didn't think to leave a letter. That's an interesting point because it's, like, he – I feel like Aesop Rock's really private. And it's not necessarily his intentions to tell you everything he's doing. And it isn't necessarily, like, negligence. It's just I don't think he considers things the way we all do. So that I took from that. So please don't cling to the vector. Like, I, and that's interesting because a vector is like a file where it could be like a letter where it could be like an image or whatever. And that got me connected. I didn't go deeper than that. But I'm like, that's interesting because it's like, 
I feel like he's trying to manifest it like the art or the statement or whatever and then bridging it into modern technologies and shit and how he's maybe not like playing the game the way other people do but he's still who he is and he doesn't blink first ever shit it's just fucking hard and shit and then he flips it because i don't blink first it's like yo that's like that strength shit like because when whoever blinks first is weaker or loses that shit yeah fucks with that if you really want to do some power move shit you don't blink if you can hold your eyes open for like two three minutes and shit even with a live performance when I started rapping earlier, like when like back in the day, I used to like practice leaving my eyes wide because I didn't want to blink the entire song because you break that connection with people and shit. You um, like a crazy person doing that. Yeah, it was a wild show. In sync with the Spectre, it's not really a thing you can measure. I think that's brilliant because it takes him from being like a person that's on a metrics of success and KPIs that we all measure and being like, fuck all your games. I'm doing my own thing and you can't measure my success. You can't measure my life because... I'm just doing this next level ethereal energy shit. Don't ask me about the rest of the bars. It's just him delving into that with interesting shit like time travels and whatnot. And I really like what the fuck is resting on the seventh day. If y'all saw my calendar earlier, there's no resting on the seventh day for Holden. Um, uh, I'm yep. Seven days of levy breaking rain instead of heavy. I've never felt like that's me. I'm, it's really hard for me to be happy and positive. Like reach exit. Shout out Reach Exit, by the way. That man exudes this welcoming, happy vibe in a sense where, like, low-key, I'm like, yo, I got to learn how to do that better because it is how it is. I'm more like seven days of levy breaking rain to hell away, which isn't the best for Twitch, let's be real. Um, Stills, uh, I, I really like this song. I think it does a lot, and I think it's interesting, and I'm going to give it, like, a 4.35 because it did confuse the shit out of me, but otherwise really is as good as any of the other songs that we've been listening to um also like doing it densely in a row i find it hard at an analytical level to keep taking on aesop songs it's like going to a gym and doing the hard workout every single song and that does have a bit of like, yeah. an energy hit on the second half of the album full disclosure for my level of effort yeah definitely like i do feel like <laughs> the same way like there's like it, it gets like to be too much like i feel like i needed to take a break at some point and y'all could be like take more time with your reviews and i'll be like google content marketing and then we'll move on to flamingo pink what do you think of this one bonnie um so like this one is just sort of like him flowing like it's just like his you know like i don't know it's just like him like spitting hard and like like i'm not really sure like what he's necessarily on about so much but like I it's sounds cool um and like he does talk about wolves often um like on this album like you know he talked about there was like that red riding hood one and then he talks about wolves on this one so think about the context of wolves in the red riding hood story yes and he does talk about pigs as well like often and you know but I think like also like the wolves is part of like you know maybe because he was like up north and like you know there's wolves there and like maybe he saw one or something and like that, that inspired all of this um so i just you know i just think that that's interesting i think that he is talking about like society and like you know different things that he's like seeing going on and you know the realities of our current times um you know and i like the, i like the line uh you're laughing because i'm different i'm laughing because you're the same i think that that's kind of like I think that's cool. I think that that is like kind of like a, a struggle between a lot of people. I think people get annoyed when people change. 
but you know, then you know, the person who's changed is looking at the people who haven't changed, being like, "Well, why haven't you changed? Like, you're right. still in this Another position." Another way to like take that one is like. <clears throat> Yo, societal norms like you hear me rant and rave about normative middle class shit all the time honestly that's me laughing at people for being the same but simultaneously they all laugh at me for being different and so i took it from like that kind of lens yeah so i mean like that's kind of cool like that you know even just from like that one line we kind of took away different things so um yeah it's basically just him like flowing really good and uh yeah i gave it a four on five i think it was cool um, I think this is him shitting on mainstream celebrity types and rappers and shit and just various peers and stuff in the industry. Like, I feel like he does that. He'll, like, talk about that. And I feel like, in a sense, if we think about his vigilante heroism, he's kind of coming in from that route. So really where I feel like he's trying to position himself as the real deal in a world full of, like, fake shit. So um like taffy at the boardwalk under uh ribbons hold on maybe that's not the right line uh yeah yeah uh heavens turn dangerous friendly faces traitorous hey i'm never late i'm never early right when i'm meant to to counteract the evil that men do i'm a motherfucking gem in the refuse uh even when the world's ending what the f is your excuse and so what i think is interesting with this is like i feel like aesop rock tries to make his music more like personal to him and reflective of the times and to have a purpose beyond it like a lot of his music seems to be focusing on growth and trying to work through problems it's not like there's not like the same kind of vapid feel that you get from a lot of people who are just trying to make expressive music or art for the sake of it i feel like he's making art to try to find a new way through the world and not a lot of people are doing that to the level that he is and not saying it's not out there but like that's what i feel from him so it's like he's trying to you know really do it and i imagine that he's just surrounded by or seen just so much shit like aesop rock's been in the industry for over 20 years like just consider how many celebrities he's met how many people he's met and then good goddamn good goddamn every idol i ever met is a con man right so everybody that's your hero and shit con man they're not real with this shit they're just what they are and Yo, as you start meeting people in life and you start seeing how human everyone is. I mean, that's what they say, is. never meet your idols. And I don't know that I've really met a con man to the extent, but once you compare social medias to real lives, you're like, oh, fuck. I get this bar slaps different. It just slaps different for me is all I can say. Um, and then I really like the got a hopscotch hot pan to hot pan because it feels like the way a lot of people approach shit is about trend hoppy finding the next buzz, finding it. Like, it's not really about being authentic to yourself. And I feel like he's like, listen, I'm trying to be what I am. And y'all out there just doing the thing. And we're not really the same. But this is for the people out there that are craving authenticity in a different kind of authenticity, right? And I thought that was super nifty. Um, I mean, the rest of the track just feels like him kind of flexing through his thing, just expressing how he is. And it's more mission statement-y. And it's more like, you know, you cannot domesticate the modern vigilante who increasingly identifies as energy expanding. So when we think back to that All the Smart People track, and he's talking about the A to B and disease, you got to understand he's on this length of honestly what kind of sounds like the DMT kids when they fucking talk to whatever they talk to on DMT. Um... Yeah, thank you, MX South Africa. I fucking appreciate you for coming through. Everybody needs to follow MX South Africa. This man's a freestyle dude. This man's up in South Africa crushing that shit. And this, y'all, you gots to follow the man's is all I'm saying. 
um with that uh yeah it just kind of comes through and he's he's kind of this real deal in the in this world or like i like his my pat on the back is a little edward scissorhandsy and i feel my pat on the hand is like that too it isn't just about like being nice and shit there is an edge to it there's something more it's not necessarily friendly in the way you conceive and shit like it comes off that way even in a perception of it it's like you know if a good friend's a, a, a good mirror you know and the whole world don't want good friends these days is all i'm saying um my favorite part of this whole shit though is like uh i know you weeble wobble you weebles wobble so he's calling them a weeble and that they wobble so they're fucking not stable with their shit but never completely topple so even though you take your hits and your social media scandals and all of this shit and people come at you you never really fall because cancel culture is only for the poor it doesn't affect the rich um so stop whining about cancel culture if you have an audience you are going to monetize that it's, it's just lame when you do that um even more for me to see you obscenely remodeled like get your body walloped into brack or p picasso i found out that's about the smart finger image and shit because picasso did that with bodies and shit so clearly this is really like and then he drives it home with you ain't the person you let your believers think they follow this is like an attack on the way people present their images and shit like look my shit cornball but like i really try to present myself the way it is like i am this goofy and awkward like as much as possible. I mean, there is a polish to the internet. Let's be fucking real. But everything about it is like deliberate. Because I fucking also have a lot of trouble with the overall fashion show of life. But then it's like the fashion show of life matters. And that's why I questioned earlier if an Aesop Rock could do it without his platform today for his attitude. Because the people I know with his attitude today are absolutely failing and not able to replicate this. <laughs> not able to fit in very well without the fucking machine behind you is all I'm saying. Um, but Flamingo Pink's brilliant. Um, I'm giving it a 4.5 on 5. It does feel like I heard it before from him, but it also feels like it makes sense because if you are a hero, you need a villain. I know that sounds whatever, but this is Lauren's storytelling. He's trying to place his character and his soul into the bigger picture of the world. And so he has the villain and it's the fake shit and he knows his place. He's the vigilante counterculture hero taking on the social norms and trying to pitch a new way. And I love that shit. Real inspirational. I digress. Let's listen to All Day Breakfast. How do you feel about this one, Bonnie? Um, I don't know. Like, this one was very, very out there for me. Like, I feel like this one was, like, super obscure. Like, I'm, like, not really sure at all what either one of them are talking about. Like, and Homeboy Sandman is is fine. Like, he's there and, like, he, he, he does his thing and he's just as good uh but like still just as obscure so i was just like what is this song about like it's a little bit about weed i think and it's a little bit about like like i think there's like maybe like you know when he's like up north so i think he's kind of talking about that like i, I don't really know what's going on at all uh it sounded okay so i gave it a four on five <laughs> but i'm like i i don't know what it's about at all i respect that um I'm just maybe because I made this narrative up in my head about this vigilante shit. I think it's just continuing that on, right? Like important yeah. people take a mold of my footprint. It doesn't match a single final track in your bookends, you know? Think about that. Like he's this new kind of creature that isn't matched. It's something you've never seen before. In a sense, this is kind of just classic hip hop braggadocio. Just kind of from his perspective with super abstractness so it's like yeah now that we've been introduced to this vigilante character it's like he links up with the homeboy and kind of like makes a little you know proper track flexing in this out there 
vigilante wave that they're creating is what it kind of feels like to me. Um, I don't think it's a lot of differences than what we've had in the last couple of tracks. It's more like context settings, like about what he can do and how he's different and the way he flexes it, which is really interesting. Like I'm sending out an SOS and training for the longest night or any situation where invaders may have clawed my eyes out. And I like the way he puts out kind of like separate as a pause as a game brilliant placement you know and then t-rex tooth necklace it's just fucking out there shit i'm sure somebody can give me a much better breakdown but it kind of feels like the mind frame of the superhero character that is aesop rock as he's manifested himself across this period of time and i feel like that and then it just ends with like handwriting born of regional graffiti you know kind of a sense of where he comes from disobedient thereafter given the culture kid is veni vidi vici so it's like he's tapping back into that shit that we got introduced to back in his older skater days mixed with his more mature vigilanteism and he's coming he's taking it he's conquering or whatever veni vidi vici is y'all know what it stands for um then i feel like homeboy sandman just kind of really just does his own thing and I feel like he just fits in well and i like that ain't down with jack and styles i'm jacking clouds for silver lighting it's a cool line arguably i've heard this style before um it's not that it's not that unique so to me when people say shit like that like i mean cool <laughs> everybody in history jack styles bro like it's just kind of a weird flex to ever imply that you're not highly influenced by the entire life you've lived i digress you could anyway i'm just being a stickler that's where i get my dislike moment that's fine but it's still facts it's how i feel about bars like that they're okay because very rarely are you the one that i'm looking at like you're that good I digress. I love his energy and I love everything else he drops on it. And I think he really is fucking great with his shit. I really think he is really cool with it. Um, I really enjoy the energy he brings to it. I find it cool. Um, I see why a lot. I think other people like that verse more than me. I was more into how he rapped it. His virus was like not as good as Aesop's to me, but really fit the song. Like it felt like a comrade, but like it felt like a general and a lieutenant. You know, that's what it felt like. So okay. I, I'm just like in my superhero team, like, yo, he's not like Tony Stark's character. <laughs> he's like on the lot roster somewhere. And I don't mean it disrespectfully. It's just my feelings. And if y'all take that in a butthurt way, feel free to hate me in the comments. Um, that's for the YouTube people. I digress. I give this shit a 4.5 stills. I really enjoyed listening to it. All of my thinking on the bars and shit whatever the delivery is ridiculous i love the way they rap it i love the way they flow i love everything about this song except that i just hated that one line that one line really was like whatever not that i hated it it's just it reacted to it everything else about the song though i feel like i'm not proportionately expressing how much i like it it's actually really cool and i would recommend this i love the way they fucking do the all day breakfast all day breakfast and it made me just think about how important singing is in rap right because both these guys are hitting notes properly on that point and sounding in perfect harmony with the beat and if people don't know how to sing you can't do that so you need auto-tune and that's what your engineer does that you don't know he's doing i digress um i'm just gonna throw it there and say that this shit's a proper 4.5 and we can move on then to uh to fizz how do you feel about this song um well i mean i really like the beat on this one it's really cool it's it, it definitely like creates like a fun, more of like fun flowy like vibe on this one um i mean the chorus or the hook or whatever is like super catchy and like super like fun like it's perfectly like it goes perfectly with the beat um like the we are not, we are not the same heaven is a lie i think you are a lame let me get a fry 
we are in the weeds begging for a sign. I think you a leech. Let me get a fryer. I don't really know what he's saying, but um, I think it's cool. Like the way that it like flows and whatever. Um, you know, he talks about like New York a few times on this album. So I'm guessing like maybe he was like staying there or like, you know, I don't he's know if he necessarily... He's from, but no, I've no, read that he was state. from like Oregon or no, something. Like he was there for a while, but he's like early life is New York State. I don't know if it's city. Okay, or state. Like, I know he's like traveled around to different places, so whatever. Um, so he's just talking about that, and then this is where he like talks. I think, or he he mentions being in the Yukon, and from what I read on Genius, um, I couldn't find it anywhere else. Um, like he was on like you know some trippy drug when he was like there something like what is the what is like the one that everybody takes like, ayahuasca they, er, oh okay i was gonna say ayurveda or something Ayuhu, Anyways, whatever that shit is yeah like he was on like something you know super trippy um and like that's kind of like you know he talks about doing that in the yukon so like that's clearly like where like a lot a lot of like the inuit references are coming from like uh you know throughout the album um and probably explains why this gets like so weird and out there. Like it's just because he's probably just high. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's it. It just sounds cool. And like his flow is super tight. So I gave it a 4.2 on five. What's wild is anytime you talk about Aesop Rock doing drugs, the fan base debates whether he still does drugs. There's a belief that he stopped doing that kind of shit. And a lot of this is referenced in the past, but I don't know if he does drugs. I just don't know. I couldn't find any proof of it. Um, I mean, he's done drugs. That's obvious. But yes, does yes. he still do it? Well, I mean, just the amount that I he say talks that, about. Because, like, recently I was writing about Molly trips I took, like, eight years ago. So it's not like you forget your drug trips. You can always write about your drug trips after you've taken them. Um, I mean, weed is a narcotic. It is absolutely a drug. <laughs> Anybody that says anything doesn't care about language. They care about feeling better because they don't like the fact that they're a drug addict. But by the same token, caffeine's <laughs> a drug and sugar's a drug and we're all drug addicts. So anybody that argues that, mm -hmm. I'll fuck you up in a linguistic debate, but I'm not going to really do that. But it's just what it is. Sugar, TV, all of that shit. But t sugar is drugs. TV's kind of different. Like it hits dopamine, but it's not drugs because drugs have narcotic properties that alter your state of mind, both of which sugar, marijuana, and caffeine do. So TV, it's vaguer. Um, I don't know. It's different. It's different kind of drugs to me. Y'all might disagree. That's not the point of this song. Um, to me, I feel like we're continuing on with that like swagger that we've kind of built up into this vigilante hero as he's kind of putting himself into the world. But I feel like something shifted here because like there's lines like through the valley would a howl and a hiss, which is kind of like, you know, tipping on through the valley of the shadow of death and shit. Like it kind of feels like it's playing on that, but it's like flipping it a bit. Every step is like a house on a witch. So it's like this weird abstract world of trickery and shit. Any Judas into sapping, how I'm zapping, getting the towel and brick. I'm all thought, crime, cowlick, and fizz. So it feels like he's facing oppositions or people that are coming in to be like just fucking with his energies and shit. That's what makes him feel the way. And it kind of shows this more combative side and just trying to deal with the world. I feel and he's coming in and just trying to like make sense of it all, but also make sense of the people around him at the same time. I think he's comparing himself to other people. And I think he just feels like the whole world is corny and that's what's coming off in this is everybody's fucking corny and he's not corny. And I respect that shit. 
Um, I think the chorus kind of really is like, we are not the same. Heaven is a lie. So you believe in heaven. I don't, whatever. Like, it's just kind of like that. Like we don't come at this in the same place. I'm not here on my hope and faith shit. I'm here doing this other thing. I think you were lame. Let me get a fry. I thought that's funny because it's like, yo, I think you're a lame. So I will take advantage of you. And that's something that I fucking really think is interesting because it's not like I won't take advantage of you. It's not. You're lame. Let me get that fry, bro. I don't know a fuck about you. And I thought that, that means that's what I took from it. I don't. And I think okay. you think of it. I think you a leech. Let me get a fry. So I think you're a leech. I'm gonna leech off you. I think you're negative. I'm gonna behave negative to you. You know. And then um, right. one of the other lines somewhere is fuck. Um, I don't remember exactly where it is, but he's basically like, I'm only a threat to people I don't like. It's kind of like a thing that comes up. I'll see if I can like scan through and find it right now. Oh yeah, I cannot be trusted if motherfuckers is Tweedledee. So what I take from that, it's like, yo, if you're going to act fake and funny around me, you can't trust me because I will behave foul with you if you behave foul with me. And I kind of get that. So I think a lot of people out there are like, yo, I'll just never behave foul. And I think he's like, nah, I'll match your energy. And I think that's kind of the difference. So we are not the same. I'm not like, you know, you're lame. I'm going to get that fry, you know? And I really appreciate the energy. I could be wrong. And then I feel the buyers is back to that context, these little snippets of ideas he has comparing himself to others and grievances with energies and shit. But fundamentally, I think that's where this track goes. I think it's a real hook. It's like a 4.75 on 5 to me. Oh, wow. It's real good. Nice. Anyway, that is not a wizard, Harry. So what do you think about that is not a wizard? Um, so it's kind of, I mean, a little bit all over the place for me again. Um, you know, he kind of, I think, is talking about um, that he doesn't like that, you know, certain people are successful for like not really like doing much or for like kind of like taking like easy routes or kind of like snaky routes and things like that. Um and not like really like actually like working hard to get there. And I think that that's kind of like, he's judging like, uh, you know, influencers and like people like that, like people that just, you know, become popular, <laughs> not really for doing anything, but staring at their phones and like talking or whatever. But I mean, that's a real job, so whatever. Um, so I think he does kind of sound like a, an old man a little bit, <laughs> um, but like, I mean, it's his opinion, that's okay. Um, and I also think that he is still kind of like, like maybe he was like writing these songs when he was like kind of like high and tripping. I think that's kind of why maybe like there's like so much like, like why things are kind of like all over the place um, or like don't really make sense, like or at least obvious sense to, uh, to me. Um, I mean, I do still like his flow and I think that it, like he does a really great job, like, you know, with the performance end of it, but like just like his words are kind of like so all over the place um like he's talking about like pirates and wizards and aliens and like things like that so it's kind of i mean not like fully talking about them but like i'm not really sure like you know what that has to do with anything um and i think that he's kind of like also like dealing with the fact that he's kind of like between being anonymous and like a nobody and like being like a famous person so i think that he's kind of like dealing with like that sense as well like he doesn't really know where he fits necessarily anymore so um so like it's still a bit trippy but it's not as bad as some of like the earlier songs that were like really out there for me um so (laughs) i gave it a four on five 
Yeah, I like this a lot. I mean, I feel like part of the top level of this song is that like the whole of this society is just like a giant TV show. And it's almost like each verse, he, he starts it off picking the overall genres that kind of reflect his life, right? So in the sense, like true crime, fantasy, action, adventure, game show, it's all sci-fi. Like this kind of sets this tone of this like fast-paced, out there kind of experience with like even the game show adds that element of luck and chance to it all. And then it turns regular John or Jane Doe's, you know. Uh, it turns Royals yeah. to regular Johns or Jane Does, which is an interesting point because, like you said, the data just reveals all the mystery, right? Like, everybody knows everything. And so it's almost like then he moves into his criticisms about shit. Like, he's just kind of like net worth over legwork, which honestly, it's a common, like, it's a common yeah. criticism. People be mad sometimes that net worth is a hot hire for legwork, but I'll be real, most of the people with crazy net worth also did crazy legwork. It's almost the trust fund kids are the only ones that are that criticism. Most wealthy people like are workaholics and shit that literally work eighteen hour days, seven days a week and shit. So like yeah, I don't know what what legwork actually means in that context, but that's just what I heard from that. But I get what he's saying because I think, I think it's the praising part. So just to counter myself, like it's the way that people praise net worth over legwork. So upon which they see net worth as inherently legwork. Fair enough. I countered myself. Anyway, ceding all the power to the extroverts is a real interesting line. Like, I know I'm an extrovert, but like. I don't try to be. It just is like some shit that you have to be. And in, in, in settings, if you do it, it works. So based on some classical conditioning you learn. But I'm not really that comfortable with a lot of extrovert behavior and a lot of parties and shit. I'm super shy and quiet in the corner until it's time to be an extrovert. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. So I kind of get it. Like, I'm not bold enough for a lot of the career choices, which is honestly why I do pretty well on the internet. So like... They don't like shy people in real life, and it's taken a lot to get over that shit in my regular world. And then I, I just really enjoy it. It's, again, like he's looking around. He's seeing, like, the fakeness of the world and his way of coming through. And when he comes across cowardice and bullshit, it's like, I wish you nothing but the gentle kiss of yellow piss. I'll give you nothing but the number for my exorcist so we can try and fix you and shit. It's proper. And then he just kind of runs it through, I feel like, as he's analyzing his place in the world, like you said, and just... The way people are and the idea like promoting privacy and cowardice is parallels. Like the fact that you don't want to share your life with the world makes you a coward. And I'll be, I'm a little guilty of that sometimes. I do think there is cowardice in it, um, to be honest with you. But I don't know that it's necessarily inherently cowardice to hide your life because there might be really good reasons to it. And in hindsight, I wish I was more private earlier or I had the choice to be more private or like not have used my government name on fucking everything and it's it's gone that choice is over you know so I, yeah. I wonder about things like that in this position in life um you know and i just really enjoyed it like i like he's got rid of the whip gotta move more just like you know just little things like he's just this is his life where he's at with shit um and i like the end way where it kind of just shows the dead in social culture of things and his dislike again of all this shit and He's like, nah, a lot of these things make real easy sense. So it's like, y'all are overcomplicating it. This is the way the world is, etc. Let's move on. But I still care about what's proper. Y'all should care more. And then I feel like the chorus is like, honestly, like it's, it's the big key to the album. It's like, 
I was on the floor in a fugue state tripping over old flicks, picking out a nude name. I don't understand everything. I was feeling gone, learning how to walk from leaving the TV on. Get it? Because you have to like walk to turn off the TV or whatever. And then with that, you're seeing the witness to like his rebirth and his like repurpose into the world. And I feel like that's what this track is trying to be. Like you're bearing witness okay. to the second first step. This is like me trying to enter in. This is the Aesop rock post pandemic experience. And I think it's really nifty and really interesting in how it manifests. Um, I like it a lot from a sound level too. I think it's one of the better tracks on the album and I'm going to give it a five on five. It's really nice. The, wow. the beats incredible. The beats just sucks you in and, Everything is really dope. Um, anyway, oh. next one is the C. Come to the C, Bonnie. How are you feeling on this one? Um, so I think that he is talking about pollution and that we are just a society that has too much stuff and that when we're dead, it all ends up as garbage and, you know, can pollute the sea. So, you know, we just hoard everything and hang on to stuff. And, and then it just becomes like garbage when we die. And even the sentimental items, you know, a lot of the time just get thrown away by like family members or if there's no family members, like whoever cleans it out, it's just like, yeah, whatever. We don't care about this. Um, so I think that that's like a really important message. I think that that's kind of cool. Um, you know, and then like, I don't know. He talks what I assumed he he mentions uh, Kirby, and I was wondering if he had taken Kirby with him to the Yukon, like if he like went with him or if he like you know was stayed home and had a babysitter or whatever. But um, yeah, so I mean, like that's kind of what I I think the whole topic is is just kind of about like we're a greedy society and we just want things, but you know, in the end, everything just ends up in the garbage or in the sea. And so I appreciated this topic based off of what I understood him talking about. So I give it a 4.25 on five. Yeah, I definitely feel like you have a lot going on with that main theme and it's a way to abstractly like kind of comment on how our culture is because it does feel like the whole first verse is like we do all this shit and it's like who cares about your cold facts as you're dying? Who cares about anything you want when you're leaving? And then it considers yeah. stuff like every dollar you hoard and all the things that you buy and everything about the art and the culture of it all. Like it's at the end of the day, it's like, well, it's just going to go into the sea and fade away into obscurity and shit. And both quite yeah. literally in a sense, because a lot of our garbage, the garbology just ends up in the sea. Yeah. And then I feel like <laughs> the rest of the track is him like, breaking out of the habits and shit like him kind of like acknowledging things are different and trying to look like like accepting his place like i thought it was super interesting that he's like golly you're a docile bunch i'm ushering that posse out the poppy plants this my jamandi not your zombie land where it's like he seems to be pushing away people who do painkillers and shit which um kind of makes sense right because like you know, like around his circle, there has been death in poppy plants. And like, if you look at the opiate crisis and shit and like, it's inter- it's like just like a healthier choice. And then I feel like in the next line, it's like probably eat a couple of fingernails on the anxiety. I took it just the stress of dealing with life, but you know, seeing it all properly and then embracing nature and shit as opposed to drugs to cope and get through a situation. And I think it's really interesting how he's like, nah, check it. There's like, 
other ways, you know? Like, and I feel like that's what makes this really cool. And then the last verse just kind of has this, like, health twist on it and shit. And I feel like just figuring out a shit. And I like it. Yeah. I don't have a lot more to add to it. And I like the way it fits the beat. I feel like the, the chorus really just sucks you in with, like, a hook. And you think about it. And uh, it wasn't my favorite song on the album. But I really like its placement because it feels like as he's coming to understand himself in the greater purpose, he takes it back to society one more time. And it's like, now that I figured all this out, how does this thing fit in? So it's almost like we're full circling how the album started, but just on the other end of it with all of the lessons learned in the middle. And I think that's super fucking cool. On that note, I don't have much more to say about this one. And we can move on to the last track on this project, Abandoned Malls. But super interesting how Blackhead ends this whole project with the kind of sound that he has there where it feels almost like the start of something new in like a video game or something. Like it feels like the beginning mm. of an adventure and it feels okay. like a super uplifting, like crazy end to the song. Like you were really faded and then you got to pick me up kind of shit. And that's how it just ends on this like upbeat, up note, weird, abstract, like you've never heard it before sound too. Because it doesn't sound like any conventional Western C major sound that you're coming off. It comes off like a little different. And I think in a sense, that's a little bit what this song is tapping into. Like a bit like yeah. he's trying to find something new in this world and he's gone through this whole process and we don't know where it's going to be. But at this point, going through it all, he's embraced it and he's gone through the process and he's figured it all out. And he's at that point where he's ready to see what's new with it. I mean, I feel like, again, it's a lot of specific, complex lyrics, but, you know, oftentimes the body spits the spirit and carries on to engineer some semblance of a normal life, yours and mine. Then, of course, it's normal. See when paranormal is normalized. Normal is a phantom force that levitates the forks and knives. So it's like still just trying to figure out his place in it and what's parasitical or what's proper, what's the right way to live. And then it's almost like he's in this whole project doubled down. But when you get to the chorus, you don't know what's up. You don't know where it's at. It's like almost like going through this big physical medical process and ordeal, like evolving. Like when you see in sci-fi and like you go... I don't know, you come to the brink of death and you're not sure if the person's going to make it, but when they pull through, they got like a superpower or something. And that's kind of what it leaves yeah. on with that like soundscape that we end on. And I thought that was really interesting. I thought that was like the most interesting part of the song, but it really does feel like a closing. It feels like the end of it. And it feels like you're not given finality in the finality that you're given. Like the finality is to be continued. And that's super interesting how that's the end. It's like, you know what? I said all this and nobody even fucking knows if it's the right thing to do. It might kill me, yo. You don't even know. And you're mm. just left with that. You're just left. Like, we don't know what happens next. The end. And I'm like, that's solid. That's the most, that's how life is though. <laughs> you don't know what happens next when you make the project. You can't. And I just know it feels like he's found his synergy with the universe and the way he like ends up tapping into the various elements, including ether, which is the catch-all element of yesteryear. Anyway, I really like it a lot. It's really strong. Four and a half on five. I don't have more to really say about it. Cool. Um, yeah, I feel like you took away a lot of different things than, than what I did. Um, like for me, like this one sounded like very like 80s and like like a little bit like dystopian esque like a little bit like that um like and you know for the most part you know Yasop was you know spitting his like wild stuff sometimes I was just like 
how how does he come up with this stuff like and i you know i do know it's like you know it's from random books and stuff but like just the way that he puts like lines together is just like wild sometimes um like it's really just like so all over the place um and he's just kind of talking about like people trying to to make normal lives but like everybody's just kind of like fake and you know it makes you paranoid you know like you're not sure like who you can really trust and who's you know what's the right thing to do and what's not and like it's like all kind of like floating and that it does kind of feel like what it feels like in you know our current times and with all like the pandemic and all that kind of panini situation um so like it does kind of feel like everything is in flux um and like that this is just like that everybody just seems to be like they're losing a sense of reality and like from what that you know everything used to be everything is very different now um and i think that's just what he's you know feeling about like the the panini and with everything else that's been going on so and then he's also talking about like nobody's like in malls um you know especially with like lockdowns and such and things like that so it does kind of feel like I don't know, everything's like empty and different and changed. And like, you know, all these things that used to be like social hubs and like, you know, a place of life, like, are just like dead and like, nobody wants to go there. And it's like, you know, you have to have a mask and, you know, all these other things. And so I think he's just kind of talking about like abandoned malls, like how like all these buildings are going to be abandoned because nobody's actually shopping in person anymore. Um, yeah. And then this is just sort of like, and then it just feels like at the end, like he's kind of saying like, this is like the death of this album. Like, this is like the end of it. And, you know, or like, but I wasn't sure if he was talking about like the album itself or like this version of him um, or both, you know, it could be. So like that there's lots going on there. So um, it's a really interesting ending. There's kind of, he kind of leaves it just, you know, kind of with lots to think about. Um, so I give it a 4.1 on five. Yeah. Um, so I guess that brings us to the end of the album where I really like it. Um, it's like a classic to me in the sense of an Aesop rock experience. It's, is it going to be like a timeless everybody thing? Nah, but as far as cohesive concept albums go that give you a reason to go back and play it again and are really like interesting criticisms of our current climate and environment. I, I think it counts. I don't know if it would be like a real classic. Yeah. Sometimes it's super hard to tell, but it could. It, it's a little like kind of capsule of like this time frame and like, you know, of a part of his life, you know, like, which like every album is. Like if you think about it from like if the aliens or the people 200, 300 years ago come across this album and what they might think about it, it really stands out. If you think about what the people today might think about it, it's a harder sell. So that's an interesting idea for classics if you're thinking about it. Um, And I think that the people that we're looking from outside of our society in would see that this really is, like I've said it before, a Hunter S. Thompson-esque approach to looking at our world via this analytical perspective that he brings. And it's really interesting to listen to and there's not a lot of people I think that can do it like this. And I think it's really rare, his mind and how it works. And whether or not you like the songs, that's gonna be all taste. But there's definitely something to dig into here and I really like that. So I'm gonna give it like a four point five on five as a project. Nice. 
Yeah, um, my overall score is a 44.1 on five. So it's 82%. So it's not a bad uh, review is, you know, it's, it's just not necessarily something that I would go back to. But you know, it is a very kind of weird, obscure, interesting, artsy, experimental album, like there's kind of lots uh, that he, you know, I think I think he definitely was very creative um, with this whole project. And I think that that's, you know, always a good thing. Uh, I just don't know that, that it always translates to everybody's cup of tea, which is, you know, that's okay. That's life. Um, and it was sort of like very like, like I did say kind of like halfway through, like that I'd kind of reached like a breaking point where I needed to like actually like, you know, I, I should probably should have like stopped uh, listening to the album and like taken a break from it or whatever. But like, it was just like, there was lots going on and it definitely felt like very like different from the first half of the album. And I think that that may have been something to do with like his drug trip, which is, you know, totally cool that he like incorporated that into his music. If that in fact is what he did. I didn't even um, get a drug vibe. I know you got that, but I didn't get that. I understand. I got like isolationist journey vibe, like <clears throat> more like yeah. half the album is set up and then the other half, the album's a conclusion, like a story arc. <clears throat> I mean, maybe his mind is like a drug. I don't know. That's he's, he's out there. So, I mean, maybe that's my interpretation of it. That's valid. But yeah, I mean, he was he was cool, and they they were both cool. Yeah, Lockhead does a good job on this. On the you know, most of the songs are pretty cool. It's a super solid project, and I would recommend <laughs> certain people to listen to it. But I could also see why a lot of people would not listen to it. You really kind of have to like music that requires effort. That's the best way to put it. It's not easy listening, but it's amazing yeah. listening when you want that kind of shit. It's good density. Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah. Thank y'all for. I'm happy it exists. Yeah. <laughs> and thank y'all for watching this. Um, really appreciate having you come through. For those that came through on the live, it's wonderful. It's always more motivating to do this kind of stuff when people are literally in the audience watching live, which is if you're on the YouTube, twitch.tv slash behind that suit, link in description. Y'all can come Why through us? in the future. We run in this yeah. currently Sundays around 12 p.m. EST on Twitch for those who do want to be part of the live. Um, otherwise, it'll be here on Tuesdays on YouTube, and we're trying to make that regular again, bring it back. We know y'all care about it, so we're here with it again, trying to do it better than we did in the past. Um level up thing so if you do like it and you want to show the love and support subscribe like comment follow whatever but most importantly patreon.com slash behind that suit where if you really want us to review something go to patreon.com slash behind that suit and you can make it happen yep. um anyways uh it's really great to have you all here again i don't know what else to say i don't want to drag this on it's been a wonderful ride so i hope to catch you all the next time and live long and prosper everyone Bye, guys. Boop, boop, boop.